0: Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, filling in for Pastor Dave, let's join Pastor Justin. If you have your Bibles... Or if you can read the screens, will be in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 24 through 27. Let's read God's word together. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever wishes to lose his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, as we begin to study your scripture here this morning, I pray that your spirit would be with us, that it would intercede on our behalf, that we might understand the words that you are sharing with us today, uh, and that they might speak to our hearts in a way that we would understand. Lord, I also pray that as I speak here this morning, Lord, that you would help me to get out of the way, and your Holy Spirit uh, to speak through me. Lord, we love you praise you, in your name. Amen. And you may be seated. And so, here we are this morning. Uh, Once again, Pastor Dave is not here, and that means that you are stuck with me. Congratulations. Yeah, some of you are like, that's a pretty good way to be stuck, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Others of you are like, oh my goodness, I should mark these things down. But it's okay. Uh, We're going to have a good day today. Uh, Today we are talking about... Um, A word, uh, sacrifice, sacrifice, it's a word uh, that I believe we all think we know the definition of, uh, and it's a word that I believe we all understand, Uh, but I want to give you uh, a couple of thoughts on sacrifice here today, Uh, and the first one is from a movie, a movie you may have seen called Titanic, anyone ever see Titanic? Alright, we're dealing with about half the congregation here. Excellent. So Titanic is a, is a movie, get this, about the Titanic. Alright, uh, a giant ship that hit an iceberg and sank uh, right about 100 years ago. Okay, uh, The ship was fabled as unsinkable, and uh, that just turned out, quite frankly, not to be true. Uh, the movie version of the story... Uh, focuses on a young couple who discovers each other and falls in love. Uh, And then, wouldn't you know it, at the end of the picture, uh, one of them dies and the other goes on, longing in their heart for the next 80 years. Okay, it's a a little romance here. Uh, I love how Hollywood can turn a tragedy like the Titanic into a romantic movie. Uh, It's fascinating, but they did. And there's a famous scene at the end of the movie... Uh, where they are, I don't remember their character names, Rose and Jack, you guys, thank you. Rose and Jack, Kate and Leo, as I like to call them. Uh, Rose and Jack, they're in the water, and there's this floating, uh, looks like a headboard to a bed. It's a giant uh, headboard, it's like for a king-size bed, Uh, and it's floating in the water, and Rose is laying on the headboard, out of the icy cold water, and Jack is in the icy cold water holding on to the edge of the headboard, and they are talking to each other. Okay, now the, uh, the impression we are led to believe is that uh, if Jack stays in that water for very long, he's going to get hypothermia and he is going to die. All right, meanwhile, Rose, who is on top of this floating wooden structure, she's gonna be okay because she's floating. Above the water. There's even a scene uh, where Jack tells another man not to come anywhere near them because he is protecting his woman, this new love of his life, from drowning. Because he's afraid if anyone else gets onto this, uh, this headboard that the thing will drown and, and they'll all be, uh, I was going to say, up a creek. But not technically. They'd all be in the Atlantic Ocean. And so he he, he stops this man from getting there. And he sacrifices himself to make sure that the love of his life is safe. It's a grand gesture. It's a romantic gesture. But anyone who has seen the movie knows it's also quite dumb. Because the headboard that Rose is floating on is approximately three times her size. And could very easily fit another person. Have you guys seen this? You know what I'm talking about. They literally could have laid next to each other and had plenty of room. They could have sat up and played cards. They could have they could have had a grand old time floating in the Atlantic Ocean. But but Jack sacrificed himself, uh, kind of a silly sacrifice there. And that he had he had plenty of room. And so uh, when I think of this idea of sacrifice, that always pops into my head about how kind of silly uh, that was. But the sacrifice. The idea of giving of yourself to help someone or to benefit someone else uh, is an idea that I want to posit to you uh, is is a little bit lost in our society at the present. It's an idea that's a little bit antiquated, uh, and it's an idea that I think is showing up less and less. I think we could take, a, we could take a, a reason for that. One of the reasons for that is a misunderstanding of what sacrifice is. All right, so we're going to take a pop quiz. And look, Matt's leaving. here. at pop quiz and he left. All right, that's okay. I'm picking on you, Matt. I love you. Let's take a pop quiz. I'm going to give you a scenario. You let me know if it is a sacrifice or not. Okay, you don't have to buzz in. There's no buzzers. Just, you know, say it out loud. All right, here we go. Uh, letting your coworker, husband, child, or stranger have the last donut in the box. Some of you are like, you don't know me around donuts. That is not a sacrifice. That is not a sacrifice. Okay? Let's keep going. Uh, giving your loose change to a uh, homeless person on the street. Is that a sacrifice or not a sacrifice? Not a sacrifice. You know what that means? Is half of you thought the donut was more of a sacrifice than the change. It's interesting. Alright. Here's a good one. Sure to get some grumbles. Uh, attending a Sunday morning church service and staying until the end, even if it lasts more than an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> sacrifice or not a Sacrifice. You see, that one's a little bit of a trick question because I sit up on the stage and I know the ones who get out and leave. So I know the ones who should be saying it's a sacrifice. But no, that is not, that is not a sacrifice. You see, a sacrifice must cost you personally and significantly. It has to have those two uh, parts. It has to cost you personally And it has to cost you significantly. Giving up the last donut in the box is not a significant cost. You know why I know it's not a significant cost? Because you can go to Krispy Kreme and get a dozen of them for six bucks. Okay? Not a significant cost to give up one donut. Alright? Giving your loose change to someone on the street in need is not a sacrifice. It does not cost you in any significant way personally. That loose change was out of your abundance. You just happened to have it. You threw it out there. I would say to you, though, if you came upon someone who was who was asking for some help uh, and you gave them uh, your car, that would be a sacrifice. That would cost you significantly. Uh, but otherwise, uh, when just, just your loose change is not a sacrifice. If you attended a Sunday morning church service, you know, any old place, And you stayed until the end, even if it lasted more than an hour and 15 minutes. That is not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice because it does not cost you personally or significantly. Your relationship with Christ should have you anxious to spend time with him. And an extra 15 minutes should not be a significant sacrifice. Got quiet. All right. Let me say something funny to get everyone back into it. Okay, all right. All right. So here, I I suggest this morning, there are three areas of our lives this morning that I want to talk about that I think need uh, a little more sacrifice, or at least need to talk about sacrifice. And so the first one, because we always have to be uh, alliterative, uh, is time. We have three T's this morning, sacrificing our time. And if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I'm going to turn to Psalm, Psalms, pardon me, Psalm 90, verses 10 through 12. Psalm 90, verses 10 through 12. And it says this As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or, if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. You see we have been gifted these years. We've been gifted these years. Sometimes we have 70. Sometimes we have 80. Sometimes we have far fewer than that. Some of us are blessed with far more. But no matter how many we have, they are a gift that has been given to us by a loving God. It's hard to think about, but a child who has but a couple of weeks on the earth has received a gift of God of a couple of weeks. Those of us in this congregation, some of you are in your 90s. Hallelujah. You're in your 90s. And God has gifted you those 90 plus years. And no matter how you look at that time, I think the appropriate way to look at that time is that it is not wholly yours. It said that time is the only resource that you can't replace. But I would tell you that time is not yours to begin with. Time belongs to our Creator. Listen to this. Uh, If we're going to sacrifice our time... It needs to be time that does not belong exclusively to Christ anyway, or at least is not required anyway. You see, when we enter a personal relationship with Christ, our praise and our worship become a part of that relationship. When you have a relationship with someone, growing together, spending time together is a part of of that relationship. How many of you out there are married or have been married? Wonderful. How would it go over in your household if you said, babe, I am sacrificing my football time to eat dinner with you tonight. I want you to know it is costing me significantly that I cannot watch this game and instead I have to listen to you tell me how your day was. Would that be a successful conversation in your marriage no because it is not a sacrifice to spend time with a significant other is it no. so <laughs> i saw hold on i want to tell you what i saw i saw a few men in this room go <laughs> no no, it's not a sacrifice to spend time with your significant other. Well, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is not a sacrifice to spend time with him. It is part of what we do being in a relationship. Does that make sense? Yes, no. I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> Casey is still tired. All right. Being part of a relationship is not a sacrifice to spend time together. Service is worthy of sacrifice. Praise and worship is not sacrifice. If you spend your time serving Christ by serving others, by doing for others, by helping others, that, I believe, would qualify as a sacrifice. We need to sacrifice our time. That means we need to give more of our time to others. And in the service of Christ. Praise and worship is not a sacrifice. Service is a sacrifice. Praise and worship is an extension of our love for Christ. So we must sacrifice our time. We must sacrifice our treasure. Our treasure. And here's the part where I say, yes. I'm going to talk about money. Alright? So there's your forewarning. So all of you are like, oh no. Right? I've got you for another 10 minutes because you feel too guilty to leave early now. That's why I did time first. All right. So, we're going to sacrifice our treasure. I'm going to read uh, from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 21 through 24. It's a familiar verse or familiar passage. I'm sure you've heard it many times. Uh, and it says this The second one, ooh, I am in the wrong section. So I wrote down the wrong reference, ladies and gentlemen, in my notes. But there's a story, and I'll just talk to you offhand because you all know it, of the uh, the winner who went to the temple to give her offering. And she had two small coins, and she put them in the offering, and she went away. Meanwhile, there were many uh, people there who were very religious, who were giving large donations and were making sure everyone knew about it. You guys remember this story? Okay. And Jesus says that the offering that is pleasing to God is that of the widows because the others gave out of the their abundance and she gave out of her need. Do you guys remember the story? Yes. Okay, excellent. So you can keep going with me here. So the difference here is uh, is is like showcase giving or show off giving and sa- and sacrificial giving. The woman's gift came at a personal and significant cost to her. Remember that sacrifice, personal and significant cost to her. The gift from the, the others was not a significant cost. It was out of their abundance. They had it anyway. And it was not personal. It was from a, a business venture. or It was from something that didn't mean much to them. So it did not count as a sacrifice. So how does that translate to us and our giving? Well, I need you to know a couple of things that are biblical facts on giving before we keep going here. Number one, giving is not required for salvation. Okay. some of you are going to be like really yeehaw until I hit the turnaround point but giving is not required for salvation you can be saved and not give a penny right? if giving was required for salvation that would mean it would have a cost other than the blood of Jesus Christ and it simply doesn't right? that would mean at some point you could just write a check big enough that Jesus would be like yeah come on in doesn't work that way giving is not required for salvation Nor is tithing, which is the giving of 10% of the storehouse. It is not required for salvation. The dollar amount of money that you give does not influence how God sees you or treats you. The idea that it does is something known as the prosperity gospel. Has anyone ever heard that term before? Prosperity gospel. Uh, there is a mega church preacher, and some of you may really like him out in Texas, who preaches this. He preaches the more money you bring to me, the more money God's going to put in your bank account. He is a heretic. One more time. He preaches the more money that you give to him and his church, the more money that God is going to put into your personal bank account. That is heretical. That is against what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches us about giving is that if we give to God, that he will bless us. It does not say that he's going to give us a lot of money. It says he is going to bless us. In fact, on several references, we are hearing about blessings in the next life, in our afterlife, in heaven. So, I don't want you thinking that if I walk in with a big check and I drop it in, it's going to be some magical investment scheme where next week I'm going to get a mysterious check for $300. You might. God may choose to bless you that way. But it's not a quid pro quo thing. It's not a if I give this, he gives me more money. That is not how it works. You need to know that. That is biblically factual. Here is another fact. Your giving is a reflection of your relationship with Christ. Your giving is a reflection of your relationship with Christ. If you are not close in your walk with Christ, it is likely that you do not value it highly and will not contribute to his work highly. Does anybody here have a hobby? Have a hobby they really like? What are some hobbies? Shout them out to me. Quilting, yeah, I know. You know what? Here's a good one. I'll pick on my mother. Because why not? It's not Mother's Day. Um, Quilting. My mother loves to quilt. Uh, My mother started quilting several years ago. And she had a basic sewing machine. And she was putting a couple of fabrics together, making some rag quilts and things like that. And, you know, it was a cute little hobby. You know, we were like, oh, that's cute that you do that. Thank you for this blanket. I like it keeps me warm the two months that it's cold here. Uh, I appreciate it. And so the quilting quickly turned into uh, more than just a basic hobby. All of a sudden, uh, the, there was a uh, whole closet stuff with fabric. All right? The sewing machine wasn't good enough as it was. Had to go get the top of the line sewing machine, which I don't mind telling you, costs more than my truck. <laughs> all right? Alright, it, it became this huge thing. There's a website devoted to it, alright, Guilt, guiltquilts.com, alright, I'll, I'll tell you the story later. It's a huge, huge thing, and guess what? That hobby takes a monetary investment to keep it going. If you don't spend money on that, you're not going to be able to keep doing that. And I know, in part, how much my mother loves that hobby by how much money she invests into that hobby. All right? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Some of you have spent more money on fishing gear than you have on your own car. I know some of you. Some of you are like that. Some of you go out and spend more money on your car than you did your house. All right? You have your hobby it's significant to you and you give significantly to it. If your focus, if your hobby was praising God and loving God and doing his work, you would contribute highly to it. The fact that we don't proves that there is a problem in our relationship with Christ that we do not value Him highly enough to contribute highly to His mission. There's not an amen there. I'm going to say it one more time. The problem is we, in our relationship, is we do not value... His church and I value that relationship to contribute highly to his mission. One amen. Thank you so much, Devin. I really appreciate it. Listen, I know money is a sensitive subject. I know it is. And I know it's one of the things that tears relationships apart. I know it's one of the things that tears churches apart. I know it's, it, it's so stressful when you see bills coming in. I've got bills coming in every week that I'm like, how did that not get paid by my insurance? I, I completely understand. But here's the point. God has called us to give to his cost, give to his cost cheerfully, as we have purposed in our hearts. He gave us the example of a 10% gift as a reason for us. That's a good place to be, giving 10% to Christ. If we were to value his work in his place, that number would not be scary we would joyfully give to that number and above. We have to come to a point where our priority is Christ and His church over our hobbies, over our other things. And when we get there, I believe that this congregation, that you personally, will be giving more than you ever gave because you value His work so highly. I like what what a... counselor, uh, uh, is a Christian counselor and writer named Keith Rollison, He said this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about the money and then we'll move on. He says, most of the time when people want to tie something other than their money. Now this has become a thing, right? Where you say, Well, I don't really, uh, I don't want to tithe the money, so I'm going to tithe my time, right? I'm going to come in, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to give my time. That's become a thing. I want you to know uh, that those are two separate things. That God wants your time, and he also wants you to contribute financially. He wants both. So when you try to kind of put one over the other, we get into some issues. But here's what he says. Christian counselor Keith Rawls says about this. Most of the time, when people want to tithe something other than money, it's because the money is more important to them, and thus they don't want to give it up. They would rather tithe with something less valuable to them. Remember, God said first fruits, not leftovers. We are to tithe what is most important to us. If you are trying to justify tithing something other than money, even though you do have money, then you will need to take a really close, honest look at your life and your relationship with Christ. And also remember that if you can't tithe what is most important to you, and you can't do it willingly and happily, then God doesn't want it. I'm moving on. Time. I heard an amen on that. God bless you. Time, treasure, and this one's kind of a forced one. Attitude, because so I had to get the T in there. Attitude, sacrifice or attitude. James 1, 22 through 24. James 1, 22 through 24 but prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was here's a question for you what keeps you from being as close to god as you want to be last participation. What, ha- what what keeps you from being as close to God as you want to be? Yourselves, right? It, it's, not, it's not your circumstances. It's not the hand you've been dealt in life. It's not a lack of time. It's not a lack of finances. It's simply you. What keeps you from being as close to God as you uh, want to be? It's you. The only thing that keeps us from Christ most of the time is us and our poor attitudes. Think about this. Uh, if you've been here for any amount of time, I know you've heard a lot of things. You've heard "do not lie," right? You've heard "do not lie." We get that one. Uh, you've heard "do not envy." Okay, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. You guys have heard these things, yes, yes, yes okay. Uh, how, how many of you heard that we were supposed to take care of the poor and the widows? You've heard this, yes, okay. But how many of us, and myself included here, have failed to live up to this standard this year? This week, this month, we are terrible drivers of our own lives. We're just not very good at it. I have a story about a terrible driver, and my wife will be excited to know it's not about her. Uh, it's about myself. When I was seven years old, right around there, I was at a party. Uh, I, you know, I was a party animal when I was seven. If you know, they had juice and crackers, and I was going. And they, uh, there was one of those little motorized vehicles, you know, a little tiny. They're about this big. And they actually have an engine in them. And you can kind of, go. you go. And, uh, and I got into the driver's seat of one of these bad boys. Uh, and there was another little boy next to me. And I was driving around the backyard of this party, you know, looking cool, sipping out of my sippy cup. Uh, I was a little old for sippy cup, I don't remember. But anyway, the point is there was a trampoline in the backyard. And this machine was just small enough, with my head peeking out, to go under this trampoline. No big deal, right? Going on the trampoline. Except, there were several people jumping on the trampoline. And myself, being the experienced driver that I was at seven years old, I said, Oh, I could take this. And I somehow turned the wheel and I went right under that trampoline. And somehow, by the grace of God, I missed every single person jumping. on the trampoline. My uh, parents and the other adults there, uh, they were noticeably upset. Uh, Came over yelling, What would you do? Are you going to kill yourself? Oh my goodness. And that caused me to cry. To cry. You know, not like, (laughs) like, "Ah!" I really cried. I was a terrible driver at seven years old. I was a terrible driver at seven years old. But I have to tell you, if we insist on living our lives with ourselves in charge, the world's going to look like an interstate full of seven-year-old Pastor Justins. Crashes everywhere, nowhere getting where they need to go, and lots and lots of crying. Lots of crying. We have to sacrifice the attitude of selfishness of me first, and instead have an attitude of humility toward Christ. He must be the driver of our lives. Have you seen these, uh, these bumper stickers that say, Jesus is my co-pilot? It's, they're only wrong by a little bit. And it's the co. Right? Because if, if somebody's your co-pilot, then you're on equal footing with them and how things go. We need not be. We need to have Jesus be our pilot. And maybe we can be there asking him if he needs anything. We can help out. But Jesus needs to be our pilot. The more we learn to sacrifice for the cause of Christ, the more like Christ we become. That's a process that is known in the church as discipleship. The more we become like Christ, we're becoming more of a disciple. Uh, We have to understand the more that we are like Christ, the more we'll understand and accept sacrifice as part of our lives. So if we sacrifice, we become more like Christ, and then we understand why sacrifice is important. We're willing to live a sacrificial life for him. You see, Christ is not immune to sacrifice. Like everything that he asks us to do, like everything that he teaches, he was not immune from it. He was the example of it. Christ showed us sacrifice in a powerful way when he gave his body and he shed his blood for us on the cross. A sacrifice that was not something he had to do. It was something he chose to do for us. It was personal and it was significant. And it's from that sacrifice that we are able to gather here in his name this morning. That we are able to have the grace poured out in our lives. That we are able to accept his gift of salvation. His sacrifice is great enough to deserve the honor of our sacrifice. And with that, this morning, we make our way over to the table for a time of communion together. And as we look at the table, we remember Christ's sacrifice for us, where he gave his body willingly at a great personal cost for us, Where he gave his blood for us at a great personal cost. That night his disciples were gathered around and they didn't know exactly what was going on. One of the encouraging things reading scripture when you read about the disciples is they didn't know it all and they were right there. So when you feel as a Christian that you don't quite get all of it, it doesn't quite all make sense be comforted by the fact that the people that were around Christ didn't really always get it all either. But they were there and they were gathered with him. And on that night he took, his, took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood which is poured out for you, whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, as we begin to come to your table here today, I pray that we would remember your sacrifice. God, that we would understand how much that cost you And we would be willing to give our lives in service of it. Lord, bless this time that we have here today. Let it be something that gives us strength and energy and courage to go on living for you. May it honor you in every way. We love you, praise in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at TrinityChurchNow.com We hope today's sermon has touched your heart and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.